2: Welcome to the latest edition of Circling the Bases, I'm DJ Short and with me here once again is Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. Thanks to those of you checking out the show on Twitch this afternoon, really appreciate it. And for those of you listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we're recording on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, a lot of day baseball today, which is always fun. I believe there's five afternoon games today, that's always good. And of course, Wednesday means that's waiver wire Wednesday. So we'll each make some recommendations. Shallow leagues, deep leagues. We'll try to look out for, for all you guys. We also have some fun trivia later on in the show. So should be a lot of fun. Uh, welcome in here, Scott. How's it going?
3: Doing great. As you said, Wednesday's a great day with all the you know the wall to wall baseball, right? It starts early, uh-huh. it runs late. And it's a, just a good checkpoint, right? It's, it's hump day. It's a good checkpoint to see where you are in the week. Some leagues have pickups or transactions in a couple of days. Hopefully we'll give you something to do because now is usually where I get a little itchy in the, my daily yeah. leagues where I'm looking to add a guy. So hopefully right. we can give the people some help. I have, you know, my, my roster tags are all over the place. I have some kind of obvious picks and less obvious picks and uh, hopefully some of them will click for our listeners. Well, let's, let's see if you can click right away because, Scott, you are
2: on the clock this week, our, our pitch clock. Again, 40 seconds, your turn to make a pitch on a player. And I'm going to make my pick of your players right here. Uh, you gave me a list of five players. I am going to go with uh, Brian Bayo of the Red Sox. Can you pitch me on why he is a worthy add? In mixed fantasy leagues,
3: sure. This is one of the ones I feel strongest about. Of the guys on my list, only twenty five percent rostered in Yahoo. And I get it. You look at this Boston pitching staff before the season. I'm like, do I want any of these guys? But you were you got me hip to the fact earlier in the year. You know, he's working with Pedro Martinez. He's got the same body type. And look at the last five starts: two point five seven ERA. He's got a strikeout per inning. He hasn't. He allowed five earned runs in his first start. He hasn't allowed more than three earned runs since. I know Fenway Park makes you nervous. I know the American League East. Makes you nervous, but the strikeout rate plays. The Red Sox offense will support him, and you know maybe you don't start him against the absolute extreme matchups. But Bayo should be rostered in fifty or sixty percent of Yahoo leagues. I agree. Okay. Uh,
2: I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And there you go. You, you filled up a whole forty seconds. I I was into Bayo during the off season. Uh, he was someone I had my my eye on going into spring training. Of course, with the news of the offseason, him him working out with Pedro Martinez, his expected stats last year were better than his actual stats, which doesn't it's not predictive in any way we go over this all the time but it's just one data point for you to say like there's something under the hood here that's mm. interesting uh, so of course he got hurt got a bit off to a you know slower start because of that was behind some of the other pitchers which i thought was actually a plus in fantasy leagues because if he was healthy coming out of the gate he probably would have been rostered everywhere so taking off now I think he should be rostered as well. I wonder about how many innings he's going to throw, that sort of stuff. But for now, I think he is a worthy add. I'm going to name my first player here in a minute before I do. Download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. It will make you a better fantasy player for sure, especially when it comes to players we're talking about today. Players to pick up. So my first player is Michael Conforto. Available in 64% of Yahoo leagues. Conforto, of course, missed last year after shoulder surgery. Started off very slow this season, but he's really heated up recently. Conforto is hitting 333 with six home runs, 14 RBIs, 10 runs scored over his last 12 games and it's one thing to throw out a player who is hot like anybody can do that but we know it could is capable of doing he has that track record he has that history getting further removed from the surgery makes sense they would need a little bit of time to shake the rust against major league pitching after having a whole year off uh so he's capable of being a middle of the order bat who can deliver 25 30 home runs 90 rbi something like that and for him to be out there in this many leagues. I, I I don't understand it, but he should be rostered.
3: I agree. Fell in love with him when he was on the Mets, as I'm sure you did. I thought you – know, it's funny. He kind of reminds me – maybe the upside isn't as great, but his career trajectory reminds me a little bit of David Wright, where David Wright came mm. up, and he was immediately the face of the Mets. And, again, Conforto might be maybe a half a level below Wright, but looked like a future star, made an all-star team, hit for power, hit for average – just looked like a foundational guy. And then he just, the injuries piled up, piled up. He didn't even play last year. All I've been looking for with Conforto is just a, just a ray of light, just the idea that, okay, he's finally healthy. He's finally getting comfortable because you never know when that is going to click again. And I'm worried that maybe it wasn't going to, Uh, this is a case of certainly have some reason to see buy-ins here. I I think you have to kick the tires on Conforto anywhere he's available, even in shallow mixed leagues, because he's got the potential, I think to be a top 30 outfielder.
2: Another thing on Conforto, by the way. So Month of April, his strikeout rate was 33%. So far in May, it's 20.3%, which is much more in line with what he did when he was on the Mets. He has patience. He has has power. Hits from the left side. I mean, there's a lot going in his favor. And the Giants need his bat, too. He's going to be in there every day.
3: For sure. I totally endorse the Conforto pickup. My next call is going to be a player I've been mentioning a lot, so I apologize for regular listeners. You've already heard us talk about Mickey Moniak. You know he was the first overall pick of his draft class I want to mention him in part just because his stat page is just so crazy fun right now. I mean, he's hitting 419. He's got four homers. He's got two steals. His BABIP is like 970. I mean, it's it's not (laughs) quite that high, but it's really, really high. He's he's walking almost never, striking out a bunch. But here's the thing. He's got category juice. He's got power. He's got speed. And even though he hasn't necessarily percolate to a full-time job and sometimes they will even let him play he hits a home run yesterday and then they pinch hit for him anyway because the lefty came into the game but mm. when he does play he's hitting lead off and that's obviously in anaheim where you want to be you want to be in front of otani you want to be in front of trout i think at the end of the year i could easily see this guy having like 18 20 home runs double digit steals maybe a, a playable average even if the strikeout walk numbers don't look that good and yeah. we love we love post hype guys this is a player who they, the Phillies just decided they gave him like a cup of coffee and the majors said, okay. This guy can't play. They basically gave him up in the center guard trade. I love chasing past pedigree. And I think the angels who don't have the deepest lineup anyway, I think they're eventually going to realize that Moniac needs everyday playing time or if nothing else, the strong side of a platoon, which he's kind of in right now. Yeah. Uh, 19% rostered in Yahoo. I, he feels like somebody who should be around 50% to me.
2: Yeah. Ride the hot hand. See what happens. I think the, the best case is strong side. Of a platoon, uh, I believe he has one hit in the majors against left-handed pitching with a strikeout rate over fifty percent uh, against southpaw. So that's that's going to be tough. But I mean, the player that's being hurt the most by Moniak's uh, you know rise here in recent days is Taylor Ward. Like his stock has totally crashed. Um, we'll be worth watching where this goes. But you don't you can't blame the Angels for riding the hot hand. And Moniak, he's hitting the ball in the air a ton. His flyball rate is sixty percent. So. He's hitting the ball hard too. Like he has barrels. He's a hard hit percentage is good. Average exit velocity is 91 miles per hour. So if you're hitting the ball in the air and you're hitting it hard. That's usually a good thing. Uh, so I think for at least for now, um, you know, keep expectations in check as far as everyday playing time. But uh, yeah, I mean, he has everything you want in a pickup, getting that volume in front of those guys, like you mentioned. Speaking of volume, Jurixson Profar is my next pick. Roster in just 11% of Yahoo leagues. He is an on-base machine. He's been on base in 30 straight games. He extended that streak on Tuesday night. Not flashy fantasy numbers, five homers, 19 RBIs, 21 runs scored over 42 games. But he's useful. He's been this way in the past, a kind of guy when the season's all said and done, he'll end up being a useful fantasy player. But, of course, he's on the Rockies. He's hitting second there. In games where they're at Coors Field, like right now, the Rockies are at Coors Field. Uh, they have the Marlins right now. They get the Mets this weekend. There's no reason Profar shouldn't be rostered second in the Rockies lineup with those on-base skills. He needs to be picked up.
3: Yeah, this is a post-hype version of the Pickup Podcast. Um, <laughs> Profar was the number one prospect in baseball yep. for, uh, at least, I think, in more than one season, and a guy who was. had checkered injuries – I was just so happy when he finally kind of popped. He had that one season in Texas where he had the 107 OPS plus. He had 20 home runs, had some relevance with with Oakland in 2019. He hit another 20 home runs on the average, wasn't that good. I always wondered if he doesn't have the injuries, if he wasn't used all over the field and maybe that bled into his offense a little bit. He obviously it's too late in the game to expect him to ever become a star, but if nothing else, you know, we're talking in a lot of leagues. You're going to play the schedule. You know, at Moniac, as I mentioned earlier, we talk about strong side of the platoon. Lamont Wade is, who we've mentioned in previous podcasts. You know, he's starting and leading off against the righty and and really playing great. I think Lamont Wade is a very usable player in certain formats. Profar is a guy. Are you going to want to play him every day? Probably not. But when the Colorado Rockies have a homestand, or they you know they they're playing four straight games with the Marlins this week, easy to play. You just have to keep in mind what he is, and the walk strikeout numbers are also. a a a point in his favor and i've always i've always had a a soft spot for Profar. i've always felt like he could maybe be a better than average bona fide major leaguer And some years he's done that maybe this year in colorado he'll do that as well yep talking about riding hot hands um brian de la cruz about as hot as you can get in may 366 400 563 outfielder in the middle of that florida lineup his expected average is, is 285 it's a little bit lower than his actual average is over 300 but it's not a big deal i mean you, if he hits 285 you would take it and he solidified the spot in the lineup and probably at the end of the year he's going to have about 20 home runs maybe 8 to 10 steals i realize the marlins are just one of those teams they're not they're not terrible but they're not great they're probably not going to be a playoff team i think sometimes the roster tags on these players lag a little bit just cuz it's not a buzzy yeah. team they're not on the, you know they're not getting as much pub as some of the other teams so maybe if he were on the yankees or the mets or the dodgers or the cubs or whatever maybe he'd be 50 percent rostered i feel like you can still get in on dll Cruz, and unfortunately we mentioned him on monday i hope some people picked him up for the colorado series he had four hits on monday but he's been hitting everywhere with that 366 average in may and i think he'll be a full timer on probably an league average offense for the rest of the season
2: he had some buzz coming into spring training as well and for a time, it looked like maybe he'd be a part-time player. But, uh, I mean, the expected stats last year were really huge on him. That's why he was considered a sleeper. Had a huge September. Has backed it up with what he's done so far this year. He's actually hitting the ball uh, just as hard in many cases, even harder in, in others. So um, the quality of contact is, is really solid for him. Want to mention Jorge Soler, too. Not as a pickup because he's, he's been rostered everywhere over the past week. I think we mentioned we mentioned him in one of the previous uh, waiver wire Wednesday episodes, but he homered uh, last night uh, in Coors Field in the first inning off Austin Gomber. And Solaire now has a 15.99 OPS against left-handed pitching this season. Eight home runs, two doubles in 36 at bats. He. <laughs> uh, 488 on base, 389 average. I mean, right handed numbers, not quite as good, but like
3: those are numbers against lefties. It's like Babe Ruth. Killing me that I didn't play him in the Tout Wars DFS because that was just, oh, you know, lefty, Coors Field. What else can you ask for? Jorge Soler. I realized the 2019 season is hard to reconcile. They had the happy fun ball, but he led the. American League at home runs with 48. He's got 13 this year with Miami. I would give him a puncher's chance to lead the National League at home runs. I think that's actually in play.
2: Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. So next up for me is kind of an easy one after what happened Tuesday night. Bobby Miller uh, still out there in about 60% of Yahoo Leagues. Maybe by, by the time you guys listen, I'll be closer to 50. Uh, I did not start him Tuesday night against the Braves. I don't really think it was advisable to, but... Uh, Miller was really impressive. One run in five innings, four hits, one walk, five strikeouts. Uh, got really good stuff and also has a, a diverse arsenal of pitches. He threw five different pitches last night, induced uh, 10 swings and misses in his 95 pitches. We know the Dodgers need that pitching right now. I think for years we're, we've been like waiting for the Dodgers to give these young pitchers a chance. We know their, their pipeline is very good. But it's been hard for these prospect pitchers uh, to break through. So Gavin Stone getting his chance. Bobby Miller, who was actually more highly touted coming into the year. The numbers in AAA weren't quite as good. But you could see the stuff. You could see the arsenal. uh, Very promising. Let's just see where this leads, I think.
3: Yeah, last year the ERA was over four. But you you pitched part of the year in the PCL, which is an offensive Disneyland. Yeah. part of it and you know what do you what do you trust your Follow the strikeouts right 145 strikeouts and 112 and a third innings and the whip was 1.175 and we often say when the era and whip tell a different story trust the whip yeah and the dodgers you know urias just goes on the dl we know kershaw had to start move back a little bit because of bereavement it almost feels like kershaw might be ready for that yearly maintenance load management rest that he gets so they're Guys like Bobby Miller are going to get a chance to pitch. They really got Tony Gonsolin back at the right time because the Dodgers need him right now. But the strikeout strikeouts are going to play here. The pedigree is interesting. He was another first-round pick, which we like to see with pitchers. So I would approve Bobby Miller in any kind of a mixed league, even if it's a shallow one. But this one's more for the deeper leagues. I'm going to give out J.P. Sears. Who's J.P. Sears? Sears that go out of business at the department (laughs)
2: store.
3: 6% rostered. He's on the Oakland A's, which is why you won't find wins next to J.P. Sears. But six of his eight starts have had fantasy utility. He's got 11 strikeout games. He's got a couple of seven strikeout games. He's got 51 strikeouts and 48 and two-thirds innings. And what I'm going to do with Sears, I'm just going to matchup play. Home game, unthreatening opponent, I'm in. He's playing Tampa Bay. He's playing the Astros. I'm out. I'm just somebody who I'm going to use mix and match when the when the opponent lineup is not threatening to me. And I think the strikeouts are going to play. And again, a lot of your mistakes in Oakland, isn't just sad to see nobody at that park and you know, all yeah. this stuff going on. Are they going to Vegas? How much money will they get for the park? And is Vegas even the right market to go to? It's, it's just a mess. I wish they could make it work in Oakland. I guess it's probably not going to, nobody's going to these games right now, but I think JP Sears is rosterable. And I also know I'll just tee you up for your next guy. That uh, This lineup, I know it's kind of a dead zone, although we've had some fun with Rooker. We've had some fun with Esther Ruiz, who I think is one of the great late draft picks or pickups of this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's actually another Oakland player who has your eye.
2: Yeah, I'm going to let people guess on that for a second. And before I give that name, I'm going to give another reminder here. Sunday morning means MLB leadoff. Watch exclusive live games all season long on Peacock. This week, we are featuring featuring a powerhouse matchup as the Dodgers, we just talked about, take on the MLB-leading Rays in Tampa Bay, a great matchup, a World Series rematch, but also a potential World Series matchup this year. Catch the action live this Sunday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern time.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.
1: With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at Wellsfargo.com/slash activecash.
2: So my pick here is Seth Brown, someone who we really haven't thought about in a little while. He's available in 77 percent of Yahoo Leagues. He just made his return from the IL this week. Uh, Brown missed six weeks with an oblique strain. Had two hits in his return Monday, batted cleanup, came off the bench on Tuesday. You like to say destination offense. The A's are not that. We know that. There are some interesting players there, but really not much to go on. But last year, Seth Brown, 25 home runs, 73, 73 RBIs, 11 stolen bases in 150 games. You'd like to think that he's healthy here. He's going to be active on the base pass. I mean, we know with Ruiz he runs the A's need offense. He's probably going to run. He has power too. For someone who's out there in more than three quarters of leagues, I think you should jump on that one right away.
3: Yeah. And another guy, if you can get the the better cut of his splits, his career against righties, 242, 310, 484, that plays in a fantasy league, especially when you add the category juice. He's a 158 hitter against lefties. So if you have, you're have you in a daily league or you're, it's a schedule where the the A's get mostly right-handed pitching, it makes Brown a lot more appealing. I also just want to Back up quickly, to, you mentioned the the game that you guys are doing on Sunday at the Tampa Bay LA game. That's, that's a great scouting game because you have Gavin Stone against Taj Bradley on Sunday. And also a, a fascinating match. It looks like Tyler Glass now is going to pitch Saturday against Saturday. Kershaw. Um, so that, that's must-see TV also, even if you want to watch Syndergaard pitch on uh, on Friday. Uh, that's interesting as well. So, and as you said, that could be a, a rematch of a World Series that we've seen before. I'm, I'm a Seth Brown sympathizer, and I, and I hope that Maybe, uh, you know, things have kind of gone south a little bit with um, with Rooker of late. I hope he's not turning into a pumpkin because he hasn't hit much in May. Although, again, he did have a pass. I'd agree. That is interesting to me. You mentioned Michael Conforto earlier of the Giants. Give you get another Giants pickup? It's not anywhere near as sexy as Conforto. But Blake Sable, only 5% rostered in Yahoo. He's sitting on a 286, 352, 490 slash five home runs. We know the Giants have had some catching injuries. But what really interests me with Sable is that he's getting that non-catcher work, right? He's got 11 think yeah. games in left field. He's picked up a DH start this week. And so I think this is a path, especially while um, they have some injuries at the catcher position, that maybe he could be somebody who plays four or five days a week. The average is going to play. He's got some pop. If you're in a two-catcher league or if you're in a really deep mixed league where you've been scuffling a catcher, I, look, I'm not saying he should chase up to 50%, but yeah. 5% seems light to me. I, I think he's maybe a 15 20% player right now. Yeah. And Joey Bart's hurt again
2: like that. I mean, that's been an ongoing issue. So the playing type should be safe for him moving forward for sure. Um, so one name I wanted to mention, that I don't think a lot of people have paid attention to so far this year is Dowry Moretta. Now, if you haven't heard that name before, he is a reliever on the pirates. He was on the reds last year and did not pitch well, had a five four zero era and 35 appearances, was traded to the Pirates during the offseason in the Kevin Newman trade. Newman's been playing some middle infield for the Reds this year, now more in a backup role. But Moretta has really thrived here with the Pirates. 2-1-4 ERA in 19 appearances, 31 strikeouts. Does have 12 walks in 21 innings. So what's the difference here? What is making Moretta more effective? He has really leaned into his slider usage. That was more of his second pitch last year, now he's throwing it predominantly. He threw his slider last year, 24% of the time this year, he's throwing it 54.9% of the time. And he has a 49.4% width percentage uh, on that pitch when batters swing against it. Uh, so dominating with that pitch, we'll see where it's headed. Like maybe teams will adjust to him eventually, but really good stuff. The slider is nasty. And I think the pirates are a team worth watching here. Um, Obviously, their closer, David Bednar, could be attractive to a contender as we get to the deadline. Does Moretta move up in the pecking order in that bullpen? Does he become a potential closer? Maybe. But in the short term, I think he can deliver value even without saves. Just looking at the strikeout percentage. So among relievers with at least 20 innings pitched this season, Felix Batista is number one. Brian Abreu with the Astros is number two. Matt Brash with the Mariners is number three moretta is number four so he's delivering those strikeouts every night right now rostered in just one percent of yahoo leagues i
3: think he's worth a pickup uh at least in some
2: deeper formats and maybe some shallow ones too
3: i love it if you look at what he's done in his last eight appearances 15 now we talk about the control can be a little bit iffy with this guy 15 strikeouts no walks in his last eight appearances and he he commonly will work more than an inning He, he sometimes will work you know. Five, six, seven, seven batters. So he only has one win and one save right now. I think he's been a little bit unlucky with that. I think when you get that kind of use, high leverage use, it's gonna lead to more wins. We talk about the Pirates being a legitimate contender in a weak division. I can see Moretta at the end of the season easily having five to seven wins, good strikeout rate, really good strikeout rate. He seems like he's getting the control in line of late. So and he's mentioned one percent rostered. In Yahoo. Walk strikeout rate is everything for relief pitchers and you can't beat one zero walks and fifteen strikeouts over the last couple of weeks, and I think wins are going to come. And who knows? Maybe there's even some save upside as well. I've already gone through my five guys, but I'm just going to give you a bonus pick up a player who doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know, maybe there's like a, a glitch in the system. Is Paul DeYoung really thirty one percent rostered? He's at two
0: ninety
3: one with eight homers, three steals. He's hit four homers in the last week, and he's marked his territory as a regular. In this Cardinals lineup, we've been saying all year, where's the Cardinals voodoo? It's kind of coming back. I, I can kind of see the Cardinals getting back into this NL central race at Park, is Nobody's running away from them. And I always feel like the Cardinals have their offense always has more viable pieces than it has lineup spots. So a lot of times it's musical chairs. Who's going to place in the lineup? Who doesn't? The way Paul DeYoung's hitting, there's no way they're taking him out of the lineup. We know the average doesn't match up with his career profile, but he's had a 30-homer tw- season. He's had a 25-homer season. He should be, again, 31% is a slap in the face. He should be like 60, 65, 70% right now. I would welcome him on just throw any of my mixers. He was one of the players I was looking at for this week. Uh, I was looking
2: at the underlying stats, and I I wasn't sure about the, you know, the longevity, but um, certainly play the hot hand. It's amazing the trajectory that his career has had because he came up, and he was huge. We're talking 2017, 2018. He was actually in the minors recently, Uh, but here he is again, uh, and really off to a great start. And, you know, I think this buys him quite a bit of time here with the hot start that he's had. So uh, take advantage of it for now, for sure. So we're going to close this show with some trivia. Now, if you remember, during Monday's show, we did a fast food item draft geared toward the Indy 500. Of course, fast meaning speed. We will see a lot of it Sunday, this coming Sunday. Uh, Coverage on NBC begins at 11 a.m. Eastern uh, and runs through 4 p.m. So all day, check out the race there on NBC and Peacock, of course. So on that speed topic here, this is going to be all about stolen bases and not about this season. We know teams are running more. This is more historic trivia, which I think is more fun. So I'm going to throw a few questions at Scott.
3: And, and we'll see where this goes. All right? You ready? Hopefully I won't embarrass myself. And uh, you know, if we were doing an all-fast team name, right? Alex Fast, the great fantasy baseball writer, Mike, Mike Quick, the former Philadelphia Eagles receiver. But, um, yeah, let's see how I do with steals. I'm, I'm a little worried I might embarrass myself, but I'm, I am a fan of all sports trivia and history. So that's, uh, yeah, that, that's let's let the questions rip. Let's see how I do. All about history.
2: Okay. I'm going to start with one that goes back a little bit here. Who has the most stolen bases who is not in the Hall of Fame? Most stolen bases by someone not in the Hall of Fame. How about Willie Wilson? Very close. He's second on this list. No, I'm, I'm happy to come up with a second guy. Who's the right answer? Vince Coleman. Oh, Vince Coleman. I should have gotten that. Of course, Vince Coleman. Vince Coleman, 758 career. Stills, of course, in, in the 80s. Those Cardinals, they ran
3: like wild. Um, but, yeah, he's he's very high on the list. His, uh, his, his baseball reference page, I mean, he, his first three years, he steals 110, 107, and 109 bases. It's
0: insane. The game
3: was just so different then. It was. Uh, he only had an OPS plus over 100, basically symbolizing that you're a better than average offensive player. He only did that twice. But right. it's funny. In the moment, I'm old enough to remember the 1985 Cardinals, and in the moment, I hated that team.
2: Oh I would, I would love
3: it if a team played like that now. I think it oh, would be so much fun. Oh, hell yeah. That would
2: be great. And yeah, Vince Coleman is sixth all-time, 758 career steals. Uh, Willie Wilson has 668. So you're you're very close with that one. Uh, They're kind
3: of similar players too. I think Wilson yeah. was a was a better offensive player than than Coleman. What Coleman what ended up on your Mets? didn't he run into the tarp? he, he hurt himself on the uh, the tarp among other things among yeah. other
2: things that went wrong when he was a Met. but I remember being very, very I mean I was like ten when he joined the Mets. I remember being very, very excited when the Mets
3: uh, signed him. It did not work out. Sure. Yeah, Bob Capish Bob Kla- Kla- and, and uh, John Harper wrote a great book called The Worst Team Money Could Buy, which was, I think, of the 92 or 93 Mets, one of those teams where the right. Benia Mets and all that, where everything went wrong for that team, but a, a fascinating yep. read.
2: So here's another one, kind of a little more recent. Most stolen bases total since 2000, so this century. Most stolen bases total since 2000, which player is number one? How about Luis Castillo? No, but his teammate. You might remember it during that time. Juan Pierre? Yes. Juan Pierre, six hundred and fourteen steals. Uh Jose Reyes second, five seventeen. Ichiro, Carl Crawford, Jimmy Rollins, Rajay Davis. That's our that's our list right there. But Juan Pierre, a player that we, you know, don't ever really talk about. But there he is,
3: number one. A lot of those guys you mentioned also stole bases into their 30s. When we talk about fantasy value for stolen bases, this is why Starling Marte was a hard player for me to gauge this year because he was at an age where it's like, when is he going to stop running? And You know, you have a guy like Rajay Davis who he stole a, 40, a league-leading 43 bases for the Indians back when they were the Indians in 2016. Ironically enough, the funny thing about Davis is the one thing I'll always remember him for is hitting that World Series home run mm-hmm. against the Cubs that year, but He's a player who aged really well. Yeah, I mean, he sold at a very high percentage, too. That year where he led the league, he was 43 out of 49. So it wasn't like he was padding the stats and getting caught a bunch of times. Just mm-hmm. one of those really underrated players. Um, not not always the greatest hitter. Again, he only had an OPS plus over 100 three times. But had a lot of fantasy utility. It was on a, a lot of, I'm sure, fantasy championship teams through the years. Speaking of underrated,
2: um, that is my hint for this next question. Okay. Who has the most stolen bases total in the postseason?
3: Most playoff stolen bases. Well, because you said underrated, I normally wouldn't have guessed him, but I'm going to guess Bernie Williams.
2: No, nope, it is not Bernie Williams. Well, because I know
3: Bernie Williams played in a million playoff games. You right. Know? And,
2: I mean, and, and, you would think. You would think,
3: yeah. It's going to be somebody – it's going to be a modern player, right? Somebody who's – um who since the – I'm guessing – well – Oh, not could it be Maury Wills maybe? I probably didn't play in a playoff game, so. It is Nobody. Kenny Lofton. Yeah, oh, I should have gotten that, Kenny Lofton. Talk for about some. underrated. I mean, I, I feel like he should have got more consideration. Yeah, exactly. All. That's exactly where I was going with that. It's not that he necessarily has to be in the Hall of Fame, but you should have taken a minute to debate it.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. 299 career hitters, 622 uh, career stolen bases uh, during regular season play. Uh, but in the postseason, 34 stolen
3: bases um and let, hey. let the league let the league in steals five straight seasons I remember the great the the founding fathers of rotisserie baseball used to put out an annual book that my friends and I would buy and they would have little player profiles and it said how when Kenny Lofton was still an unheralded player I think that first year he broke in with Cleveland it said how fast is Kenny Lofton he just stole a bases. you read this and we all <laughs> thought at the time it was funny but yeah, Kenny Lefton, what, a basketball player at the University of Arizona, right? Um, I, I, I lean out on him for the Hall of Fame, but I think he should have at least been discussed. And if they did put him in the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't bother me at all. Right, right. Um, next up here, it's kind of
2: a – I don't know if it's a trick question or, or not, but who leads the Yankees all-time in stolen bases?
3: <sighs> well –
2: it's tough, because you I think never, of them as like power hitting. They do. You know, they have I, the stars, and yeah.
3: This is probably wrong. I'm just gonna guess Derek Jeter only because he played forever for one team, and this, maybe he just accumulated his way to that. It is Derek Jeter, okay. uh, which I didn't know. But, you
2: know, before researching this, like it makes sense as a guess because he played in the longevity. That's a, which, it's all
3: in the compiling. That's all. Yeah. I was. I don't know if Derek Jeter. What his high was probably what thirty or thirty five, maybe something like that.
2: I don't know off the top of my head, but that yeah, sounds yeah, actually, right. I bet he had yeah. a couple of those for sure. Um, let's see. So, yeah, 32. 34, 34, in 34, 34 is different times, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. But a lot of like, you know, 15 plus and over time that certainly adds up. But I, I found that somewhat surprising, but it is also logical. Um, but second, who's second all time for the Yankees?
3: Mickey Mantle? This is,
2: nope. It's Ricky Henderson. (laughs) He wasn't there very long, but like, you know, three seasons of Ricky Henderson in the 80s. I'm glad we couldn't
3: couldn't do a stolen base segment without talking about Ricky Henderson, who is not only unquestionably the best leadoff hitter of all time, but I know this is kind of a silly tag to put on somebody. but I think he's the most underrated great player of all time. Everybody knows Ricky's great, Mm -hmm. but... He should have been the night. Look at the 1985 stats. Don Manley was fantastic. I don't. I'm not here to besmirch Don Manley, who was Joe Sheehan's favorite player growing up, and Joe Sheehan's one of my good friend of mine, one of my favorite baseball writers. And and I think even Joe would admit that Henderson's 1985 season was more valuable. But back then, the writers were just in love with the RBIs. Henderson could have sure. easily. He, Henderson should have been the MVP in 1981 when they gave it to Raleigh Fingers, a, mm-hmm. a great reliever. He had a like a 1.04 ERA or whatever, but right in a in a very weird strike season. That's near and dear to my heart because I really think that Henderson and Dwight Evans were having a great MVP duel, and I don't know why they gave it to a relief pitcher as, as great as Raleigh Fingers is. I think a very worthy Hall of Famer, but. Relief pitchers should never win major awards. I I would never give the MVP to Dennis Eckersley or, oh, or Ollie yeah. Fingers or Willie Hernandez guys like that. I just probably should have been Alan Trammell's MVP. But yeah, I, that's yeah. one of one day I am going to write a book about all the MVP injustices. Like how did Willie Mays only win two MVPs? He could have won like eleven. Oh which yeah, is crazy. But Ricky right. Henderson man was so good. So I love Ricky Henderson. I love everything that, about Ricky. I love the stories that are true. I love the stories that are apocryphal. Oh miss- yeah, the John Olerud story where sure yeah it's not true, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> you know? And I love, exactly. and I think I've even mentioned on this podcast before, I love that story. I think it's true. I don't even know what team he was on because one of the questions you could ask me is name every team Ricky Henderson played for, and I'm sure I wouldn't get all of them. Like, I'd forget mm-hmm. the Padres or the Red Sox or something. But he was on a team that were voting for playoff shares, and every person who got mentioned, Henderson was screaming out, Full share, full share, full share. You can change this guy's life. He just wanted to spread the money around, and I just think That's that cool. says a lot to who Ricky Henderson is. And a, a player who was really good. You talk about some guys don't run late in their careers. Ricky Henderson was still a very good base oh, yeah. runner into his yeah. 30s and even 40-year-old. You know, he had a, a couple of fancy viable seasons in his 40s. Yeah, for
2: the 99 Mets, I remember being so excited when Henderson joined the Mets in 1999. He stole 37 bases. He hit three fifteen and the eight eighty nine OPS, he was a stud on that team. It uh, didn't turn out so well in the end, but uh, it, that that was so much fun. For me, played, personally, You grew up a huge Henderson fan.
3: Ricky played for nine teams, and um, I'll leave this for the listener to do on their own. You can go to the baseball reference. Played for nine teams, five different teams. He played one season each, and it's just easy to forget all of them. I, I guess oh, yeah. one of them I'd remember because there was some playoff juice with, with the, the Blue Jays run, but the other four teams are all very easy to forget. In fact, two of them I just don't remember. Do you remember what team he ended his career with? Uh,
2: is it the Red Sox?
3: There was a, he was on the Red Sox in two thousand two, and oh. then he played thirty games with a West Coast team in two thousand three before hanging so up.
2: Either the Angels or the Dodgers, probably.
3: Yeah, it was the Dodgers. Yeah, he also he also played for the. Uh, according to this, he played for the Angels. I don't remember that at all. 1997, 32 games. Ricky, Ricky was also often traded in the middle of seasons. He was. He had, he, he had yeah. a lot of combined seasons. You know, the Oakland trade him to Toronto. He had that season with uh, the, the Padres and, and the A's. He had the season with the Padres and the Angels. Um, a couple of tours of duty in New York. Uh, Ricky Ricky Henderson's awesome, man. I don't hold this against him. I mean, some players get traded around the league like like Barry Bonds because people uh, – I'm sorry, Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds' his father, because nobody really knew what to do with Bobby Bonds. He struck out a lot. He hit a lot of home runs. He stole a lot of bases. Right? He's, people thought he was going to be a superstar. He was a really good player, but he was kind of a – an odd, an odd superstar. Bobby Bonds yeah. is a fascinating player.
2: So these last two questions I'm going to give you are kind of to get people thinking about what's possible this year with te- with teams stealing more bases, players more active yep. in terms of stolen bases. Uh, and I'm thinking about Ronald Acuna Jr. So he came close to going 40-40 in sure. 2019. He had 41 home runs, 37 steals. You look at him right now, has 20 stolen bases, well on his way to 40. He has 11 home runs in 48 games. That could be tough to get to 40-40. But under this new environment, we're assuming at some point someone will go 40-40. Who is the last player to have a 40-40 season? Great question. God, this, it, this, can you give me the decade? It was in the, the aughts. The, it was in, okay. in the early 2000s. Gotcha. Sean Green didn't do it, did he? No. Only four players have done it. And I for, I thought this player came close and didn't make it, but they actually did. And I probably – I feel like maybe I should have known this. I'm going to go with Alex Rodriguez. He did do it, but he's not the last one. He did it okay. in 1998. The last player to do it is Alfonso Soriano
3: in 2006 with the Nationals. Another guy, just a great player who's kind of lost to history. I can't remember yeah. the last time I thought about Alfonso Soriano. And he was – we, we talked in the cut, keeper cut segment about Javi Baez. That's kind of the, the good part of Baez. Reminded me a little bit of Soriano, although Soriano would hit for a better average. But he would swing at anything. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, he would. But, man, what a fun player he was. What a stack grabber he was. And he wasn't always the highest percentage base dealer, but he wanted to run. And um, that's wanting to do it. A lot of times stolen bases are about the will as much as the skill. Also, yeah. remember, didn't Canseco have a 40-40 season? He had one in Oakland, but I think he also had one very late in his career with Toronto.
2: So, yeah, Canseco had did it once. Canseco, 19. Ones, okay. Yeah, Canseco, Barry Bonds, A-Rod, Soriano. There
3: you go. Okay, Canseco had this season I'm thinking of. is was out of nowhere. He had a 46 home run, 29. Steel season with Toronto. He's caught seventeen times, but nobody wanted to tell <laughs> Jose Canseco to stop running. I guess that's better player. People will forget. He was the he was the biggest player in baseball for a while, and then he was Bash Brothers, all that. I mean, I, as a
2: kid, of course, you love all that stuff. You know what I mean? So uh, he was he was certainly a big deal for a while. Who was He's your, who was your when you were like
3: nine or ten years old? Who was your favorite player? Uh,
2: Ken Griffey Jr. from like the jump. As yeah. soon as as soon as I saw him. Just the way he played, center field was exciting.
3: That the swing is is perfect. The the left-handed swing is just absolutely perfect. Yeah, Um, you know, looked just like his dad. Played with his dad. Homered in the same game with his dad. His dad was a was a good player, not a maybe not a legendary player, but a good player. Part of that. Since that was
2: all perfectly timed for my childhood. It's like when Sports Center, you know, kind of blew up. You'd see him. You you maybe wouldn't see the games necessarily, or maybe you'd see once a week or. Once a month, even in some cases. But when you got the chance to see Griffey, like, you sat down and you watched the whole game. Um, He's just a special player.
3: Yeah, he led the league in home runs four different times. Uh, A bunch of Silver Slugger awards, a bunch of Gold Glove awards. I still remember the Kenny Mayne commercial where he's working on his home run catchphrases.
1: And Mm -hmm. he goes,
3: uh, for Ken Griffey, he's like, it's never iffy if it's Griffey. He's like, oh, that that (laughs) works. Um, uh, here's Here's a good
2: one. So the career high in stolen bases for Ken Griffey Jr., what do you think it is? Because
3: I was surprised by this. I have the page in front of me, so I, 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 my, okay. I, was, I was already looking at it. I would have <laughs> guessed it was something in the teens. I didn't realize he got up to 24 one year. 24, 24. Yeah, I would have guessed Actually, like 16.
2: Matching is a uniform number, 24. So last question, and again, this is looking ahead to what is possible mm-hmm. this year in Major League Baseball. Esheri Ruiz is leading the majors with 25 stolen bases right now. Who has stolen the most bases in a season this century? Like what's the what is the high number for a individual player in a season?
3: I guess sixty-five.
2: It is seventy-eight. Who who did it? Could you guess on who?
3: Could be Billy Hamilton, right?
2: Jose Reyes, seventy eight. Oh, Jose Reyes, okay. Yeah, and then Ellsbury had 70 in 2009. Oh, Scott Ellsbury had 70 stolen bases? Oh, yeah. man. Scott Pesednik had 70 in 2004. Juan Pierre had 68 in 2010. Willie Tavares, I have not thought about him in a while. Uh, he had 68 in 2008.
3: Hamilton, Hamilton never had 60, which blows my mind.
2: Yeah, it is kind of crazy. But He was, he was in the high good. 50s.
3: Always in the high 50s. We know, of course, is a could, guy can't could, steal could, could, first base. Can't hit, right? Jacoby Ellsbury, I will maintain, should have been the MVP on the chicken and beer Red Sox, the team that had the big lead and collapsed in 2011. 321, 376, 552, 32 home runs, 39 stolen bases, wins a gold glove playing center field. Verlander ended up winning that MVP, but I think the Red Sox win the division. and and I I believe Ellsbury actually played well down the stretch. It wasn't his fault they collapsed. And then you had what I think DJ unquestionably was the best regular season day in baseball oh, history. Yeah. All the games ended mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. They're all aiming, aiming at the same time. I almost had the feel of like an NFL Sunday where all the stuff's happening mm-hmm. at once. And yep. you had a big comeback in Tampa Bay. You had the Red Sox. The ball- Longoria ball- home ball- run. Ball- yeah. 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 The Longoria home run just over that tiny little fence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A bunch of different things happening all at the same time. I actually remember I was watching it in the sports bar and I immediately emailed or maybe text messaged one of my editors said i want to write something about this i don't think i wrote anything all that great but i was so excited about what i saw them like i got to write something yeah it was the best day best regular season day in baseball history at least as far as i've seen yeah and it's
2: harder now with like the expanded playoffs and stuff you're not going to get that again it was just kind of one of those special moments that you couldn't you couldn't script it i think mlb has tried to like have all the game on the final day everything going on at the same time but just the nature of the expanded playoffs, like there's not going to be that drama that there was on, on that day. But we get wild card games, which is kind of a, a fun little, you know, drama. It's more like manufactured drama, mm-hmm. is the whole point. Yeah, of the that's the
3: trade off baseball's made that they know the yeah. Cheddar is in the postseason. So they've expanded the postseason. It's obviously devalued the playoffs, the, uh, the regular season. Mm-hmm. And, Unfortunately, I don't think that toothpaste is ever going back in the tube because there's just so much money to be made and it's so good for TV. But I wish the regular season had a little bit more juice. And we've talked a little bit on previous shows. Look what's happening in the NBA and the NHL playoffs where the regular season doesn't mean as much anymore. There's two ways to look at it. The playoffs are tournaments, right? The the playoffs do not determine who the best team is. It determines who wins the tournament. And I guess everybody has to decide what a regular season. The Bruins just had this legendary regular season in the NHL. They get eliminated the first round. So what is this? they better not hang any kind of a banner of like, oh, we set this record or that record. I don't care about that, but still a special season.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's a certain pride to having a great regular season, you know, the Mets and the Braves last year. I mean, those are two amazing teams. The Braves won the division, but in the end it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Like uh, to me, I think the regular season, it's weird to say it, but it's like, it's more about the individual accomplishments to me. It's like, Hey, like, Aaron Judge can go out there and have a historic year. Like, that lives forever. Maybe not the season that the
3: Yankees have will, but
2: Aaron Judge's individual season will.
3: Don't you miss things like like the 1993 NL West pennant race where the Braves oh, won 104 oh, yeah. games? The Giants won 103, Amazing. didn't make the playoffs. Remember, the Braves traded for Fred McGriff in the middle of the season. And if I remember right, the day they got McGriff – I think like the press box caught on fire. There was like a small fire in the stadium. I don't know. The that. team yeah. caught fire. McGriff just went crazy. <laughs> it's Chipper yeah. Jones at his peak. You know, it's the Maddox, Smoltz, Glavin, Braves. And they're right. trying to catch the Giants who had, I believe that was their first year Barry Bonds in San Francisco. So you had mm-hmm. this 104, 103 win. It's like a great horse race, right? We talked a little bit about horse yep. racing on this show. And, um, you know, the loser didn't go to the play. I'm old enough to remember the 1978 season. The Red Sox won 99 games. They won most of them early. The Yankees got hot late. The Red Sox didn't have to win the entire final week of the season to force that playoff, but they won 99 games for probably the best team in baseball. Other than the Yankees, they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah.
2: I mean, that, that is the trade-off, like you said. Um, But I, I mean, speaking as a Mets fan, I'm like, The Mets did win the division. Like, great. That'd be wonderful. But really, all I want is them just to get to the playoffs. And for sure, we will see what happens. So I'm not I'm not going to lose sleep over not winning the division. I
3: mean, mean. the Marlins, both their championships came without the benefit of a divisional championship.
2: Yeah. And the Phillies made the World Series last year and they were a wild card team that was basically dead in September. You know, if you hit at the right time and you have these star core players. You have a you know dominant one two in yep. your rotation, like any. Just get the possible. tournament.
3: Just get the tournament get a puncher's chance.
2: Yeah, exactly. So very fun. It, it was nice to take a look back at, at uh, you know, always fun to do some trivia and, and think about history. And that one ma- that's what makes us love baseball, you know.
3: For sure. I'll give myself a C minus on the trivia. I should have <laughs> done a lot better. What one the only thing I allowed myself to do is I did a sporkle of the top hundred base dealers of all time. And I learned how lacking I am in like the old, old, old time baseball history. Oh, I did yeah, pretty well. I know. Like, 70s, 80s, 90s, Os, and then the 10s, I did pretty well. But I, you know, there's a lot of guys before that. Out. I don't. I don't know. Far before much, my uh, time. I don't I just don't know a lot of these guys. Some of these guys I didn't even I've never even heard of, but it was fun. I also thought you might ask about percentage based which I think Ricky uh, Tim raines is the all-time leading percentage-based dealer or he's really so close anyway. Carlos Beltran is to that too. Rob Beltran, yeah. Okay.
2: Beltran's up there. Byron Buxton is very very uh efficient base dealer. I don't know if he's has enough stolen bases to qualify. I don't know if he's been healthy enough, but his his career percentage is is very high as well, if I can mem- if I remember correctly. Uh but yeah, for, for a while I think Beltron had the record.
3: I love guys who have season like like right now, Goldschmidt's on a run where the last four years he hasn't been caught. He's still on like um twenty-seven bases in a row. Paul Molitor, very late in his career, one of my all-time favorite players, still 20 for 20, when I think he was like 39 or 40. Just like yeah. he, he knew he knew a base was there, he'd just take it. We always talk about Keith Hernandez says everybody could steal ten to fifteen bases if they wanted to. They're just giving them to you, especially yeah. this year. Were you a good base stealer? <laughs> I'm very fast. So as a kid, that was my that was my
2: key attribute. Um, not as much with the power. But with the speed.
3: Um, See, I've, I've never been fast, but I stole a lot of bases because it's just I would just dare the catcher to make an accurate throw, and usually at that, you know, at the levels I played, because it's not like I was a college baseball player or anything. But when I was yeah. eleven or twelve, you know, most teams didn't have a good catcher, so no, even, even a guy like it's me automatic. could steal bases.
2: Automatic, automatic. So Byron Buxton has the all-time lead right now okay. on, in stolen base success, and he's sitting on it because he's not running anymore. Yeah, <laughs> eighty-nine uh, 89.1% for his career. Alexi Casilla, second Miles straw, Mm -hmm. Chase Utley. That's the one I, that's the one I forgot. He, he did, uh, break Carlos Beltran's record, uh, for a while toward the end of his career. But yeah, right now it's Byron Buxton all time. Not a surprise that, you know, teams aren't going to run if you're not successful. So a lot of the
3: leaderboard at this point is more modern. Uh, I know we're year. probably over on time, but I'll wrap it up with two things. One, I want to be fair to Buxton. He actually has five stolen bases this year, so he hasn't completely shut that down, although the twins are the team that runs the least. We talked mm-hmm. about guys who deserve a Hall of Fame case. I Chase Utley, I think, is due to come up this year. Yeah. And it's just interesting that Jimmy Rollins won an MVP there, and, and Ryan Howard, I think, won an MVP or two there. But I think a lot of people always thought that Chase Utley was the best player on that best team player. and the best player in that yeah. infield. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I'm afraid he might get the Lou Whitaker treatment. And not make it. Lou Whitaker's a crime, by the way. Lou Whitaker absolutely right. should be in the Hall of Fame. I think Chase Utley deserves it. I'm very curious to see how the committee handles his case.
2: I I think it's going to be close. Uh, the disadvantage I always thought for like Howard and Utley is like, especially Howard, like he came up late, so he didn't get like the early 20s, early to mid 20s. So the longevity of these guys at their peak was a lot smaller. Like Utley from 2005 to 2009-ish before like his knee injury type stuff. He's one of the best players in baseball. After that, he was still productive but not quite the same. So it's going to be a fascinating debate. No about, no doubt about that. It usually is with like second baseman. Uh, it's usually a
3: – And Utley's uh, stolen base logs are just gorgeous. 23 for 23, 14 for 14, 11, crazy. 11 for 12. Crazy. That just tells you what a smart player he was. You remind me he a lot of Paul Balleter, even though one of them was a lefty, one of them was a righty. I promise I'll close with this. Ryan Howard. I always wonder, was the character Ryan Howard of The Office named after Ryan Howard? At that point, the farmhand, remember, Scranton was their farm affiliate. Yeah. I always wondered if Ryan Howard character named after Ryan Howard. And also, remember, Michael Scott, his middle name is Gary. Gary yeah. Scott was like a, a flamed-out Cubs farmhand in like the 1980s. So I think yeah. I think they're winking at us. Michael Sure is part of the
2: – I know. That's team. what I was going to say. So, Maybe – and you can watch The Office on Peacock, so it all. There you go. Watch The Office around. on
3: Peacock, especially for the Ryan Howard episode. So that's Who's easy. your favorite non-Carell character on The Office? Oh, that's a that's a great. That'd be question. a fun draft. That'd be a fun draft. The Office character. We got. Maybe we should save that. Save that. Save it, dear listener. You can shout out the right answer, and maybe we'll revisit this on a different let's episode let's save it. We House. need we
2: need drafts. We need drafts. So we will we save do. that. Watch The Office on Peacock. Study up, and and we will come back, resume in another time. Uh, Very good stuff, Scott. Thanks so much. Remember to subscribe to Circling the Bases wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review if you like what you're hearing. Also, follow us on Twitter. Scott is at Scott Pianowski, at Scott underscore Pianowski on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Take care, everyone.